Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 1st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, Michael Cohen's testimony on Capitol Hill dominated the news cycle this week, or at least that's how it seemed. Every time I passed a TV that was tuned into a cable news channel, I saw that dude's mug. Now, honestly, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to this latest political theater. A friend of mine summed it up this way. A group of liars grilled a liar about what another liar asked him to lie about. Now another group of liars will lie about how it went based on their particular outlet's political bias to make it sound better for their side. Yep, that seems pretty accurate. Anyway, we've put another month in the books. Gold saw a 10-month high in February, but it has pulled back over the last week or so. When the dust all settled, the yellow metal had posted its first monthly decline after four straight months of gains. That happened to be the longest upward trend since 2016. The yellow metal was at 1318.20 on February 1st, and it closed yesterday at 1315.10. Now, it peaked at 1347 just over a week ago on February 20th. So it's down just a little over $3 on the month. A strong dollar has been gold's biggest nemesis. The dollar index has been pretty steady over the last couple of months after rising 4.4% in 2018. When you look back at the last year, it's really pretty amazing that gold did as well as it did considering the pressure of a rising greenback and Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. As you might recall, gold was down about 2.5% last year. But despite being down on the month, most analysts still seem pretty bullish on the yellow metal. Here's a for example. One research analyst quoted by MarketWatch said despite the slight decline we saw in February, he could see $2,000 gold in the next two years, the primary driver being the huge federal debt. He said trillion-dollar deficits in the U.S. under Trump and growing fiscal imprudence will be making central banks with large dollar reserves increasingly nervous about the outlook for the dollar. A $22 trillion national debt and the lack of any will to rein in massive spending is making America's creditors nervous and the risk-free status of U.S. treasuries will come into question. Now, keep in mind, gold purchases by central banks were at levels not seen in 50 years in 2018, so there is some basis for this analysis. We got the fourth quarter GDP number yesterday. It came in slightly stronger than expected, with a rise of about 2.6% on an annual basis. That compares to trade expectations of a rise around 2.2%. But even that wasn't enough to meet the Trump administration's 3% growth target. This despite $1.5 trillion in tax cuts and a government spending blitz. Of course, that combination has contributed to the trillion-dollar deficits that we just mentioned. And as I've said before, government debt retards economic growth. I don't think we're going to see growth speed up anytime soon, and most economists seem to agree. The projections call for a slowing of economic growth. Now, my thinking is more in line with Peter Schiff's. I think a recession is a done deal. It's really just a matter of when things really tank at this point, and I think sooner rather than later. 
As far as Q4 growth, there were some late expectations that we might get a little bigger rise than initially projected. But the reason behind this is not good. In fact, it was another piece of bad economic news that actually boosted Q4 expectations. Even as the Federal Reserve and the financial news network pundits continue to dangle the prospect of a booming economy in front of us, we're actually seeing more and more bad news, bad data that undermines this narrative and reveals the rotting foundation of the U.S. economy. This week, it was the Wholesale Inventory Report. Now, you'll recall last week, we learned U.S. retail sales recorded their biggest drop in more than nine years in December. The wholesale inventory report was another indication that consumer demand seems to be declining, signaling a slowing economy. So what happened? Well, U.S. wholesale inventories posted their largest gain in more than five years in December as sales fell off for a third straight month. As Reuters put it, this suggests, quote, unintended piling up of goods at wholesalers that could be flagging a slowdown in demand, end quote. Simply put, consumers aren't buying, and that means products are piling up in warehouses. According to the Commerce Department, wholesale inventory surged 1.1% in December. Analysts were forecasting a modest 0.3% rise. As it turned out, it was the largest gain in inventory since October 2013. The Commerce Department also revised November higher to 0.4% from 0.3%. Wholesale inventories increased by 7.3% year-on-year in December, so that's not good. Bank of the West Chief Economist Scott Anderson told Reuters that the higher inventory levels could push Q4 GDP up, but it may indicate a drop in Q1 2019 economic growth. He said, while the jump in inventories in December represents an upside risk to fourth quarter GDP coming out on Thursday, declining wholesale and retail sales in December could be another sign of weaker demand and slow GDP growth in the first quarter. So, Good news for last quarter, not so good news for the coming quarter. Now, the first part of his analysis turned out to be spot on. Reports on business spending plans on equipment have also pointed to a slowdown in growth at the tail end of 2018, according to Reuters. Considering that consumer spending drives the U.S. economy, this apparent fall-off in consumer demand, again, not good news. Michael Cohen wasn't the only person chatting it up with Congress critters this week. Jerome Powell made his annual pilgrimage to Capitol Hill. He continued to hammer on this theme of patience that we've been hearing out of him for the last several months. But really, the biggest news is that he confirmed that balance sheet reduction is pretty much a done deal. This just five months after insisting quantitative tightening was on autopilot. We've worked out, I think, the framework of a plan that we hope to be able to announce soon that will light the way all the way to the end of balance sheet normalization, Powell said during testimony before the House Financial Services Committee. Normalization, that word should be in air quotes because this ain't nowhere near normal. Powell said the central bank would be in a position to stop runoff later this year. According to the Fed chair, the balance sheet will remain at about 16 to 17% of GDP. If you do the math, that means the new normal for the Federal Reserve balance sheet would come in at between $3.2 trillion and $3.4 trillion. In other words, almost all of the mortgages and treasuries that the Fed purchased as part of its three rounds of quantitative easing during the Great Recession will remain on its balance sheet. 
So just like I talked about last week, this confirms that quantitative easing was actually debt monetization. It is a permanent source of liquidity for the government where the central bank just creates money out of thin air and uses that money to buy government debt. When Bernanke told Congress that QE was not debt monetization, that it was only temporary, that the Fed would eventually sell off the bonds it was purchasing, he was full of bovine scat. Make no mistake about it, this sudden patience in raising interest rates and the end of balance sheet reduction are all about one thing, rescuing the stock market. Just think back to last fall. They were talking about another two to three rate hikes this year. Balance sheet reduction was on autopilot. What's different? The only difference is that last September, the stock market hadn't completely collapsed. The only thing that changed is the stock market. They clearly came to rescue the stock market. As Peter has been saying, all of this was predictable. In fact, from the moment that the Fed started raising interest rates back in December 2015, Peter was saying that they were going to stop, that normalization would never happen. They weren't going to be able to complete the journey. Well, here we are. As Peter said, they were able to fake it as long as the markets were giving them the thumbs up. But the minute the market gave them the thumbs down, well, then they had to call it off. The same thing with the balance sheet. When they said this was autopilot, the markets were tanking on a balance sheet reduction plan going on autopilot, and so they had to call it off. Now, one more bit of news before we wrap up this show. Investors are buying silver coins again. In fact, the U.S. Mint had to suspend sales of American silver eagles when inventory ran out. February sales this year have already doubled 2018 levels. As of February 26, the Mint has sold 2,157,500 silver eagles. That compares with just 942,500 coins in February 2018. That is a whopping 118% year-on-year sales increase. On the year, 2019 sales are running about 45% higher than in the first two months of last year. Now, the men has suspended sales before, so that's not necessarily unusual, but it's a lot more common in the fourth quarter as inventories decrease and the mint winds down production for the year. Sales of American Gold Eagle coins have also been strong. So far, sales for January and February of this year are 77,500 ounces. That compares to 64,000 ounces through the first two months of 2018, a 21.1% increase. Year-over-year sales in February for Gold Eagles were up 109.1%. So it looks like American investors are turning back to precious metals. For more information about this and why, I highly recommend that you talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. You can do that today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can visit shiftgold.com and contact us through the website. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. Also, we've got a new Itch or Dime interview that went up this week. I talked to Michael Dorenzo, who is the executive director of the Silver Institute. So we talk about all things silver. Definitely worth checking that interview out. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links for both of those on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always love to hear from you. So thank you so much. 
That's a wrap for this week, and I'll talk to you next time.